Listeners, this is your favorite Justin and Ben. I hope you're all having a good day, whatever day of the week it is you decide to listen to your Half a Star podcast, because this is going to be a pretty different episode than what you're probably used to. Tell them, Ben. Yeah, um, we've decided that we are going to put 10 years, almost 11 years, really, uh, of friendship to the test. And we are going to test each other on our uh, love for one another, I guess you could say. Um, You're about to get married next year. That's true. And uh, I'm not. And that's okay. Everybody's fine with that. You're not? Why? I don't know. Things happen or don't happen, and that's fine. Um, No, no. Explain. Well, maybe, maybe there will be a question about that as we go further into this. I haven't read all the questions yet. But Justin, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take the New York Times quiz. And basically this is a quiz that you're supposed to ask your partner all of these questions to make sure that you truly know them well enough to get married, is basically the idea behind this this quiz. The 36 questions that lead to love. So listeners, buckle up. We're gonna dive into 36 questions that Benton and I are going to ask each other and we're going to answer truthfully right here on the podcast. And uh, by the end of it, we might be smooching. I don't listen because it's a podcast. But if you feel that you must, here they are then, Ben and Justin. Together they are half of a star. So how do, you, how do you want to do this, Justin? Do you want me to ask you some questions? You ask me some questions. Do we both answer each question? What are we thinking here? Uh, yeah, all of the above. Let's just dive into it and not all think right. too much about it. I will ask you the first one. Giver. Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Uh, Jim Henson, next. That That's all you want to say about that? You don't want to... I mean, he's a genius. He's uh, he's also not a kids entertainer, which I res- I deeply respect that yeah. he he just happened to get into uh, uh, kids entertainment. Like the kind of stuff he wanted to do just ended up being uh, appropriate for kids. And uh, yeah, no, he's just got a great great imagination, a great great work rate, great ethic, and seems like a lovely man. Yeah, I was thinking about this one. Uh right before we logged on and i think it might just be because of what day it is that we're recording this but the only person i could think of was norm mcdonald yeah yeah just Uh, like in terms of just like entertainment value if you want to talk about like an entertaining person to sit across the table from yeah that's a conversation that wouldn't end either that's just uh yeah um that'd be that'd be delightful he'd make you laugh about things that you didn't even think were funny like yeah He's the kind of guy that, like, if anybody else tried to say what he was saying, it just would not be, um, I just, it just wouldn't work, which is why he's regarded by uh, many, many peers of mine in the comedy world as, as the blueprint. Like, he's the one. He's. Oh, absolutely. And, like, there are, there were nights where, like, I, I would have trouble sleeping because I ate too much candy or something like that. And uh, I, like, to help myself get to sleep, I would just yeah. watch his Conan appearances on repeat 
Yeah, they and call it was that like the, a nice, nice warm snuggly blanket. They call that the norm hole. Yeah, <laughs> Real thing. I, I'm sure that's what they call the norm hole. Yeah. Um, what we got next? Here's an here's an interesting question that I think our answers might be different on, which is kind of fun. Good. Would you like to be famous? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, uh, mine's a hard no. I'm not yeah. interested. Uh, I think, like, I can see why. Like, not just you. Like, would want. Like, I can see why you wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't deny it. Like, if it presented itself to me, but uh, I'd like it just because I'd like to be able to leverage it for like good. Like, um, for mm. both both myself and like, I could get behind something, you know. And it's uh I like being liked. It's nice. Yeah, well, I, I think for me, it's like, I don't necessarily equate fame with likability. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I am so discomfort, discomforted by being seen yeah. that I, like, I don't think I would be able to handle it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think, uh, I think I'd be a lot of fun if I was famous. Like I think <laughs> I think I'd be I'd be one to keep an eye on. Just like what's he getting up to now? But I also you, think um, people might revel in my my just boringness as well. Yeah, you, you strike me as somebody that if uh, you ran into TMZ outside of a restaurant in LA, you'd like play along with them. Yeah, I'd go for it. I don't <laughs> care. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's not something I'm like actively seeking. I mean, a big part of working in trying to get my my foot in the door for entertainment it's uh fame and and success kind of kind of are strange bedfellows in this industry it doesn't mm. necessarily reflect your the quality of your work rate if i did get famous i would hope it would be for hard work and not like uh you know going viral for like fucking slipping on a banana peel or some shit <laughs> um I'll ask you a couple more and then let's switch. Yeah, we can um, we can do it by uh, uh, listeners. Ben, before do you we want to do sets, in. do you want to yeah. do you want to do sets? I yeah, was gonna okay. say yeah. Uh, we uh, we had a bit of a wrinkle in the in the plan. Ben couldn't uh, open the file because he maxed out his New York Times reading count like for free reading. Yeah. So I sent him I screenshots very, uh... of the list. <laughs> I am a very discerning uh, news consumer, but I'm also very frugal. Yes. So I like to read the New York Times, but I don't want to have to pay for it. Savor so. it. Um, okay. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say and why? Um, sometimes. Depends who. Like if I'm calling, like I'm ordering a pizza, then absolutely i'm i'm not an animal yeah. like i want that done i want it you're gonna rehearse you rehearse your well yeah obviously you would rehearse your pizza order my order <laughs> uh mostly for like any any sort of business call uh i kind of keep i don't know if i rehearse like i like if uh if i call someone it's usually because i have an agenda of some kind like i need mm -hmm. something the only people i don't call with that would probably be my parents and maybe my sisters like i'd usually just be checking in but even then i usually have like something to update them on like if uh what i'm coming home again or if, if a show went well or something or mm -hmm, i'll mm -hmm. let them know um but uh today strangely enough i got a call just from my dad who just wanted to chat 
about nothing and i'm yeah. like that's never happened before so it's funny uh when you say that i don't i don't talk to my parents that much like maybe yeah. once a month or so if right that. yeah that's interesting because i definitely i'm like i mean this is not going to surprise you at all but like i would i would over rehearse my telephone calls to the point that i wig myself out from ever actually making them that's funny who would who do you call well it's like i call my parents probably most frequently um but like if i had to uh like at work or something if i had to call right. like a donor or like uh like oh. a booking like some sort of booking call like i would like be really uncomfortable with that and i would have right. to be like okay well if i say hi they say hey like do i say how are you do i yes. not say how like you know what i mean that that yeah actually i forgot about work calls i used to work as a listener spoiler um sometimes working in comedy you got to take on other gigs and I, I worked as a telemarketer um so I was like I was making hundreds of calls a day and it was like pretty rehearsed but also uh I leaned really deep into my um my island accent like I just like I amped it up because I realized on the phone that they wouldn't think I was a crook if I sounded dumber than them Mm. uh they're like oh no i'm that dumb and could be could be a criminal like well lady (laughs) i just happen to be a good actor i get by what what would constitute a perfect day for you oh shit um perfect day i think a lot of that has to do with feeling and i think a lot of that uh has to do with uh unstructured time yeah, as uh, as as I'm as I know you're aware with me, like I keep a very very tight calendar. I keep pretty busy, um, and I don't like being late for things. I would rather be two hours early than two minutes too late. Um, so really, a day with some unstructured time, if there's sunshine, that would be preferred. Um, I don't know. I'm a pretty simple guy. Like unstructured time, pizza, beer, Diana, my dog. You can come. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like the feeling after a set where I know I did great, but it wasn't like to the point of like, I'm God, but just sort of like, good. My jokes still work. Like that feeling, like, after a set if i could make that last a day that would be that'd be a dream if i could bottle it i'd never have to do stand-up again like that's right um yeah yeah i I think i think mine's something similar like i think about like an opening night of a play that i've worked really hard on and i know that i fucking kill in yeah and so like like to just like have that still be a secret until like eight o'clock that night oh interesting when I like share it with people so like I get to live that whole day knowing that I'm about to go blow some minds interesting I dread I I dread the day like uh I get it it's excited but I'm just like oh my god like I feel like the world on my back like uh second show I'm like I'm like easy easy breezy but even um it depends on like what my work rate is in terms of like how often am I doing a show? How often am I going up? 
Because if it's like, if I'm only doing like two shows a week, then it's just like, oh, this is my show night. This is like mm-hmm. ooh, special. But if I'm going up like every night, then it's just sort of like, all right, whatever. This is nothing. Like, and it's a bit easier. But um, yeah, no, like, I just think back to like Midnight Baby. I was just like, fuck, this is like, I spent the day with my parents that day just because I was, I was nervous, but not in like a, a fearful way. Just, uh, just like, oh shit, here we go. What, I hope it goes well, you know? <laughs> I don't think I ever know if I'm doing a good job. <laughs> right, and, and I, I think, but like, I, I used to be that way too. And I think that that's something that kind of came very recently into my life. Yeah. Is the idea of like professional confidence. <laughs> Fuck you then. <laughs> no, 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 but you know what I mean though? But like, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean yeah. though? It's like, Cause like, it's something that I had to be very mindful of. And I think, I mean, I, I, I think it's definitely easier to access for me in something that I haven't written. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, it's uh, not something yeah. that I've personally invested so much in. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't worry too much about it with stand up, but if I know if I can get that first laugh, that's when I'm like, mm-hmm. we're fine. Like, I know these jokes work, but do you work? Like, right. What's your deal? Anyway, what was the question? What was a, what would you constitute a perfect day? Oh shit. That's. I love the feeling of doing a good job at work. So I don't know how I could um, attain that without work. And if I could, that's, that's delightful. Yeah. Um, when did you last sing to yourself? Sing to myself, like by myself. Yeah. And then follow-up question, when was the last time you sang to someone else? Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of sing under my breath anytime I'm listening to music uh, and I'm walking. But it probably was the same song. Like Diana and I were talking about me singing. And um, uh, like, I'm not a singer. I'm not a vocalist by any stretch. But she's she's a strong singer. Uh, she had a band. She She's a great singer. But she's was like, I think you just need to find stuff that's in your range. It's like, cause you have a good voice. It's just to sing with that voice. We should be working with things that like make sense. And so I've been listening to a lot of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Um, mm. The song, People right. uh, People Ain't No Good. Uh, yeah, that was the last one. And uh, uh, yeah, yesterday I sang it. Uh, not like, in, on, like she's sitting on the couch and I'm like standing in front prepared. Like we're just lying in bed and I played it for her and I sang along with it. People nice. just ain't no good. Like just very, I, um, it's very talky. So yeah, I sang Kokomo by the Beach Boys in the car on the way home from Halifax today. It's good. Um, yeah, it was by yourself. Were you by yourself? Um, no, my folks were in the car with me. Right. Okay. That's weird. I sing to myself. I sing to myself all the time. Like I probably sang to myself two minutes before I came onto this Zoom call. Yeah, it's just I I make up songs, as right. I'm sure you know. Like sometimes. Oh, I, I know. I just sing <laughs> things that I see. Um, I call them the hits. Uh, they're hits with Diana. I'm having a smoke and riding my bike. I'm riding my bike and having a smoke. I'm having a smoke and riding my bike. I'm riding my bike and having a smoke. I like my health, but not that much. I'm riding my bike. Uh, 
It's one of my hits. Leonard Cohen is in the house, everyone. Hey. Leonard Cohen. Um, all right, here's a bit of a wordy one, so stick with me on this one. Sure. If you were able to live to the age of 90 years old and retain either the mind or the body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you choose? Now, we are both 30, so let's say as it is today, (laughs) what would you rather keep? Uh. Probably the mind of a 30-year-old because I would hope by 60 I would have some sense as like to take better care of myself. Uh, like I would hopefully go to like one of those like old man aerobic classes or something, like uh shed some of my dumbass. It'll be one of those I- those what one of those viral seniors that goes to CrossFit and makes the news. Yeah, and he's got like those little like weights. He's just like yeah. giving her. <laughs> Give me those. Um, yeah, no, I think I think the mind means more because at least with my mind, like I can look after myself to some extent and uh, I can right. ask for help if I need it. Whereas- that was my first instinct as well. But I think, I think it would be very frustrating uh, to have a sharply acute mind in a body that w- wasn't able to keep up. Yeah. But then do you want like th- a, a dumpy ass, like shit bod? Wait, no, I think we're talking the same thing. Do you want like yeah. a fit bod, but you're like nowhere like you're, but, but see, but see, here's the thing. I have oh, a lot wait. of health related. Ang- I have a lot of health related anxiety. And so like, I know that my body right now has no problems with it, but given the way that I live right now, it's a yeah. ticking time bomb in terms of health problems to come in the future. Yeah. So if I can freeze my body right now in this place forever, that's where yeah, I'd yeah. want to be. But wait, what does, what becomes of the mind? Like 90 year old mind? I mean, all of my grandparents lived into their nineties and they were sharp as a whip. So um, we die at 60 in my family. <laughs> I'm half, I'm middle-aged. I'm, I'm near done. Right. Okay. Um, I can't read number seven. Uh, there was like a little bar at the bottom that cut it off, but I'll read what I have of number seven and we can just talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you go. Do you have a secret hunch about how? Yeah, I got a secret hunch about how. Uh, good. That's nice. I'm glad uh <laughs> that's uh listeners we've we've lost number set you know what i'm not giving up uh i'm gonna do it on my computer i'm gonna go incognito incognito i tried it didn't work nah fuck that what's the what's the name of the article 36 questions 36 questions This is a uh, scintillating radio. No. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, number seven. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do. How? I think uh, I have been convinced for the last five, even 10 years that I'm going to have a stroke. Oh, interesting. And it's going to be... 
instantaneous and I'm going to like collapse in the middle of a mall or something. And that's, that's going to be it. You know, when, uh, no, I don't. I have a feeling it's going to be like, I'll be like 65. Nice. Yeah. Um, cancer or Alzheimer's. One of them will get me. Right. I don't think I, I won't see 70. Uh, yeah. Like I'm just, right. just, I'm not planning on it. You know, I'm not putting anything mm-hmm. on the calendar. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'll go when I'm done. Uh, I hope it's fast. I don't want to stick around for that. Fuck yeah, that I know. Um, name three things that we appear to have in common. We? Yeah. Uh, we both. We're, let's say we run a podcast, but even that's a bit of a, <laughs> I don't know if it's much of a podcast. Um. I mean, we both... Um, both like music um that's i don't know i'm just gonna say eclectic but like we both appreciate a good cover mm-hmm. uh we both uh oh, we both will give in to the lust of a delicious pizza or some pub fare if given the choice yep. between like beige carb food that's hot and heavy we'll go for that over like mm, tomato bisque or some bullshit yep like right uh, although so i do love a tomato bisque we we have a pretty unpretentious diet that's what i'd say um one more thing um we both dress like we did when we were in university that's true yeah i would say i would say that we um we both hold ourselves to very high standards that are perhaps unattainable nice and i would say that we um want the best for the people in our lives that aren't us yeah and I think that there are sacrifices made in the name of that that might shortchange both of us at times. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, for what in your life do you feel most grateful? Diana, like, to be honest. <laughs> like Easy peasy. Like, that's an easy one, just because that's a thing that if I didn't do something like we wouldn't be together like i went to like listeners right. like um it took uh therapy and it took counseling for me to kind of get over the block that i had put in front of myself and just kind of understood that happiness is a choice and it's an action that um you need to make the decisions in your life no one's going to make them for you and you need if you want something, you need to actually do something. And that's, it was, it was a hard lesson to, to learn that, um, it hurt along the way. Um, before I met her, like in other, other relationships I've been in, but, um, no, it was just a chance for like, get, get love, right. So to speak. And, uh, it happened between a young man from PEI and a young woman from 
Hamilton, Ontario, who met in Fort McMurray, Alberta, in the dead. Oh, that old chestnut. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just like, <laughs> there was no circumstance to our, to us meeting that could have been predicted. Like, right. And so, yeah, no, every day I'm grateful. Great. Um, How are you? How about you, Walk? Uh, yeah, uh, I would say that I am most grateful for my support system uh, oh, as it is currently constructed. Um, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I've had a worse two years than anyone else on the planet right now because everyone's going through it at the moment. But I definitely know that it would have been a lot harder on me if I didn't have the network I have. I'd imagine. And it... It was, uh, you know, I made a big move in my life to come back to PEI during the middle of the pandemic. And uh, the people around me made it feel like it wasn't a failure on my part. And that uh, was something that I was actually fairly insecure about. No decision that points you in the direction of happiness should be considered a failure. Right. And if anything, what could be perceived as a failure is actually a profound catalyst for reinvention. So mm. I think that is what you will. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Uh, I'd probably learn a musical instrument or do sports sooner or something mm -hmm. like, uh, something that <laughs> gave me like an extra skill like like an extracurricular like some kind of like hey i can do this uh because <laughs> i feel like very lacking in that like compared to a lot of my my peers like i don't know like i, I don't really like sports i love running but um would have been nice to have been like hey i'm on the hockey team like i'm not good at it but like hey i'm on the mm -hmm. hockey team or hey i'm yeah. in band like i'm i need to be up someplace um yeah like even playing like the trombone or the fucking piano or i don't know why i picked those two instruments uh trombone or piano the two instruments um but yeah just something that um would engage me a bit more socially as a as a younger guy yeah. because uh yeah it's a bit of a i had like a few friends in high school and then i think in my last year is when i really started to come out of my shell and that was because of drama class yeah, I think mine would be almost the same. Like I, something I needed, I think what I was looking back now, I was lacking in social engagement. And I know that my parents tried really hard to engage me socially with my peers. Um, but I was very resistant to it. And I wish that, uh, I wish that I had been forced or not forced, but like more strongly encouraged yeah uh to do that i think i think like being the only <laughs> i start so many sentences like this being the only child of two psychologists um i think my parents were very uh mindful and cognizant of uh not traumatizing me right That's and nice. so i think that i think that they were very um trying to center me in my upbringing as much as possible yeah and I'm very grateful for that. And I know that they listen to this podcast and I'm not trying to say that I'm not grateful for that because I'm very 
happy with a lot of who I am right now. What a piece of work, that, like... Susan and Chris. Jeez. What a, what a piece of work. Give a guy um, the dream okay, this... life. And uh, this is how we, how we repeat. Shit's on, shit's on Yana's podcast. This next question I'm not super sold on because I think... Actually, no, I won't say anything about it. I'm willing to be surprised. Take four minutes and tell me your life story in as much detail as possible. Who, me? Okay. Do we, yeah. do we time it? I, I mean, I could put four minutes on the clock if you want. Sure. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> one second here. Four minutes and go. Extreme close up. My father's testicle. And then suddenly, oh escape! Justin Shaw is born on August 15th, 1991. The youngest to Blair and Cheryl Shaw's children of pre, uh, before him was Nicole and Miranda grew up in PEI, rural PEI, opposed to urban PEI, lived on a, uh, a horse farm for 18 years, later became a community inhabited by Amish people um, and the transition was seamless. And he went on to go to university in Charlottetown where he met Benton and other friends and started doing theater and comedy and developed a taste for it. And then from there, he, uh, uh, he, he started dating somebody who um, was surprised that uh, didn't, they, they weren't going to get married and they dated for six years and then they didn't get married. Uh, and then the whole thing took them to Fort McMurray, Alberta of all places, because the relationship hinged on it, according to them. And I went anyway, and uh, along the way, I got accepted to the National Theatre School of Canada. So that took me to Montreal and I spent three years there. Uh, dividing time between Fort McMurray, uh, Fort McMurray, Montreal, and Charlottetown, which kind of divided my brain in the process. Upon graduation, I became the artistic director of an independent theater company while working in suicide and crisis intervention, which is about as fun as it sounds. Um, and I met my now partner and fiance there. And we've been together for a little over three years now. We're engaged to be married. We made the decision to move from Fort McMurray to Hamilton, Ontario, which is where she's from. We drove there in five fun-filled winter days across Canada, uh, stopping in all the major highlights of Canada, including where are we, Saskatchewan? Why are we here, Manitoba? And please, God, let it end, Ontario. And we've been here since the pandemic. I like cheese. That took, two, that took two minutes. All right. Do I have two more? Do you want more details? <laughs> um, I mean, well, I, I got four minutes. So, um, yeah, here, I'll put, I'll, put it, I'll put it back on the clock one second. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I had a strange affinity for the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as a kid. I think any uh, affinity for the Power Rangers is only described as strange. Ketchup chips are my favorite chips. If I eat too many of them, my tongue feels like sandpaper and I can't taste anything for a few days to one point where I thought I had the coronavirus, but I just ate too many chips. Uh, uh, I need to work out more because my raccoon-like diet has given way to a body that's like a wax statue of Michael Sarah exposed to direct sunlight. 
I do stand-up comedy. I feel like that's relevant. I feel like I should mention that. I have a dog. Her name is Phoebe, and she had a surgery that is so expensive. I'll be paying it off longer than I paid off my student loan. And um, I think my mom's the coolest. She's ridiculous. I think my dad is a very different man from me, but I think we're actually very similar. Uh, I think that's why we kind of are at odds with each other sometimes. Um, theater's cool, but it's actually really not. I think theater's really lame. And I think it's cool people that make it interesting, uh, except when they think they can change the world with it. I think you can change people, but the world will take time. Um, climate change is real. Um, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, that's what I feel. I love Cindy Rivers. How's that? Did I finish? Hey, I did it. There we go. All right. Thank you. Uh, do you want me to go? No. <laughs> All right, no, fine. Of course, of course, hold on. Um, all right, you ready? Just a second. Yep. I'll time you. Okay. All right. Tell me your life story in four minutes. Much detail as possible in three, two, one, and go. Uh, I was born in Winnipeg, Manitoba um, in 1991 at 12.14 a.m. on a Thursday, uh, April 4th, 1991 at the St. Boniface Hospital. I was a cesarean section because my head was too big. Um, they thought that I had head cancer when I was born. <laughs> uh, they were gonna, uh, they were gonna take me in for a, a CAT scan. And then my mom said, he's fine. Look at his father. Um, wow. and yeah, uh, it was through that process that they, uh, discovered that my mother had cancer. Oh shit. Uh, uh, and she obviously, uh, beat it and is still with us today. Um, I stayed in Winnipeg until I was three. I, uh, was babysat by my aunt and she was a clown. She would take, uh, she would dress up as a clown and go into schools and she was a teacher as well. And so she would go to the school that she worked at dressed as a clown. I would go with her dressed as a clown and we would do magic tricks for children uh, when I was like three years old. And uh, that was really cool. I remember one time she asked me how much ice cream I wanted. And I said, how am I supposed to know? And she got really mad at me for talking back. That was fun. Um, <laughs> we moved to uh, Nova Scotia when I was three and a half. Um, because my father was super homesick for Halifax. And so the plan was that we were going to settle in Glasgow, Nova Scotia for a year and move to Halifax after that in time for me to start school. And uh, that never happened. I just stayed in New Glasgow. We just stayed in New Glasgow the whole time. Um, on the way, we drove from Winnipeg to, to New Glasgow to move. And on the way there, I started exhibiting symptoms of chickenpox. So I had chicken pox for the first like week and a half of my life in Nova Scotia. Um, yeah, we uh, lived in this crazy old house uh, called Lily Hill in New Glasgow for the first 
X amount of years, I think five or 10, not, not 10 years, but like maybe five years that I lived there. Um, it was, uh, awesome. And, uh, I had a lot of fun living in that place. The, it had, it was like an estate. It had this massive big yard. And, uh, I went to AG Bailey elementary school where I, uh, took French immersion from grade four. Uh, I then went to New Glasgow Junior High, which was down the street from the house that we moved into. Um, my best friend what, uh, back then was also named Justin. Hey, uh, I'll kill him. <laughs> and we, uh, yeah, I was in band and choir and I was trying to act as much as I possibly could even back then. Um, I graduated New Glasgow Junior High School and moved into North Nova Education Center, where I got uh, way into the drama department there, as well as the band and choir. I ended up winning the musical theater award in my grade 12 class for the highest mark in the musical theater class. So that was stupid. Yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I went to UPEI. Um, my parents followed me there, which was super <laughs> cool. Um, and I, uh, met, met Justin Shaw there and, you know, uh, many of my friends still to this day, I met, at, I met there, uh, graduated UPEI for the first time in 2013, went to the Ottawa theater school <laughs> in the fall, in the fall of 2013. Legend. And by Christmas of 2013, that school had gone bankrupt and then, uh, came back to PEI with my tail between my legs. Uh, went back to UPEI, upgraded my bachelor's degree to an honors degree with uh, in creative writing, wrote a creative writing thesis, re-graduated UPEI in 2015. In, tw in the fall of 2016, I moved to uh, I moved to Toronto to start George Brown Theater School, broke up with my then girlfriend, got back together with that same girlfriend in that following summer, uh, spent two more years at George Brown. Uh, graduated George Brown, broke up with that girlfriend again. Uh, no, that fiance the, again. Yeah, that fiance again. Great. Uh, the coronavirus happened. I am now back in PEI, full circle. And uh, here we are. How'd I do? Five minutes. Oh, I, I flipped the phone. I want to listen. That's funny. Okay. I like how much time you uh, you gave to those chicken pox. That's uh this is a good journey. Hey, that was very formative for me. Uh, it's all yeah. good. Uh, okay, I lost my I lost my place here. Only a couple more questions before we flip it over to you for Sweet. set number two. Uh, oh, actually, only one more. Okay. okay. Uh, if you could wake up tomorrow having gained one quality or ability, what would it be? Sick abs. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, I know that that sounds like he's being flippant and glib listeners, but he has literally not stopped talking about this Yo. for like two months. Man, like it's in my stand up now. <clears throat> like uh, I used to have a sick body. Now I have a sick body. <laughs> uh, um, uh, mine would be uh, to stop caring so much. Oh, uh, now I sound like a jackass. <laughs> yeah, that's why I want. That's why I wanted you to answer first. I'm pretty good, like um, emotionally speaking. I think I'm just kind of working on like basic shit that, like, yeah, 
I, I, I didn't even say learn to drive. Like I, <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's it for set one. All right. So let's see. Da, Should, da, I'm da. not going to look at set two here. Uh, I won't be surprised. Yeah. Totes. All right. Listeners. Justin is taking control, baby. Let me just get my notes together. Set two. Listeners, if you're just tuning in, why are you listening to a podcast midway through? But Benton and I are answering the 36 questions that will lead to love. And uh, it's trying to trick us into falling in love. And uh, we're about a third of the way through. We're doing all right. I did let you just finish your life story. You went a minute over your time, but I, uh, I didn't I give did. you the That's light true. Because I was, I was if invested. That's not, if that's not love, I don't know what is. I do love that you skimmed right over the beats of your relationship. But boy, we spent some time in New Glasgow, didn't we? Well, see, I wasn't sure. I have no concept of how time was moving. Yeah. So I, uh, I got through New Glasgow and I was like, shit, that was like 10 minutes. So I got to move. It's all good. Plus, right. like, I don't want, I don't want to be, I don't want to get into that shit again. So. I do. No, we don't. All right. Question 13. If a, cr- I can't read listeners. Uh, I don't know how to read. Question 13. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Hmm. I would want to know, I would want to know if I am still concerned with the same things that I'm concerned about now, Yeah. like 20 years in the future. Hmm. Because if I am, then I know that I need to work on those things. And if I'm not, then I can let them go. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I wonder if I'll ever be satisfied with like, mm. work. like if I'll ever right. just be like, uh, have you seen the movie soul Disney Pixar? Yeah. Yeah. There's that scene in it where they're describing the fish and one fish swims to another fish saying, excuse me, uh, I'm trying to find the ocean. Uh, and they're like, ocean, look around, you're in it. The fish goes, no, no, right. no, this is water. I want the right. ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that like every day. Like I'm just like <laughs> I think uh, I think about it now more often. I'm just like I think I'm kind of just in life, but um I want like the difference between chasing something and harnessing something is um kind of where I'm at now and I wonder if um if that'll still be a conversation or a dialogue in my brain in 20 years. Right. Will I get that huh. JFL credit? Who knows? Right. I probably will eventually. Like it's just <laughs> persistence, you know? It's just, just a matter of time. Yeah. Well, it's talent, patience, and persistence. That's like the three ingredients to everything. And yep. get there. I'm with you, man. 14. Is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it? Yeah, I have dreamed of being a competent musician. 
Me too. <laughs> for like for like a for like a long long time. Like it is probably like my most common fantasy. If I'm like just sitting daydreaming, it's probably that I'm like covering a song that I'm listening yeah. to or like any of that stuff and I honestly haven't done it yet because I am incapable of tolerating being bad at something. Oh man, you got to embrace the suck, but at least you can No, sing. I, I yeah, but like, I just like, if I picked up a guitar right now and I was like, oh, I can't, I, I can't play all along the watchtower. So what's the point? No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Just YouTube tutorial, that shit. Like, uh, yeah, do that at home private. Um, but I mean, yeah, no, just, uh, for me, it's just, um, having like confident voice to sing. Like, uh, mm. I hate, I hate that, like. I love music this much and I can't make it, you know, it's like, yeah. Um, so I think, uh, it's just feeling so behind, like, just like, uh, uh, yeah, I guess similar. It's not that I don't like being bad. It's just that I like, I know that I can be good at something and I know I'm a quick study, but I just, I don't like being a rookie, you know, like I want to be better. Yeah. 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 I hear you um but yeah funny we both said music i'm not too worried about like playing a guitar though i feel i feel like i don't think i'm just coordinated enough for that i think i could like right i could get notes just takes me a while to learn music yeah um what is the greatest accomplishment of your life hmm that's a good question I still find myself in such like an embryo. I, I think of myself as like an emerging person still, even though I'm like yeah. past 30. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like hard for me to think about accomplishments as anything other than stepping stones and like, not like an end to themselves. Yeah. I wonder what but, I'm going to be when I, I grow up. Like. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so like, I think if, if my back was against the wall, I would have to say that the proudest I've ever been of myself is seeing George Brown in the rearview mirror yeah. because there was like, there was like a lot of times during that time at that school that I was like, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. And then just to have actually done it and to share that experience with those 21 other people in my class was like very gratifying. Yeah. Your, your program went through some shit like right when you were there. So yeah. good on yeah. you for sticking it out. Like, just a lot of work. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, seeing, seeing anything through to its completion is uh, it's noteworthy, and that's why they have graduation. Um, yeah. I sound like a broken record, but, like, choosing happiness, like, breaking yeah. my own rut and just being like, no, like, let's... Listen, man, like, I... I, I hear that and I respect that so much because I, I struggle with that. And so that, yeah. that is something that I aspire to. And that's, it's lovely to see somebody else be able to do that. I feel like I'm living an alternate timeline of myself where historically I've disarmed and I've destruct, like been the seeds of my own self-destruction. Um, but this is a time where I just, I made like a change, like a break. And uh, mm -hmm. I said mm -hmm. yes and went for it. Um, 
never look back and it's like it's like oh my god like just I know who I am now and it's like Mm -hmm. I I recommend it and it's just it's weird like my problems now don't feel like problems compared to then I'm just like now I'm just like I gotta stop eating cheese after nine I'm like what the fuck like that's it's not a re- like when you said if you could change one thing, what would you want? I'm like abs. They t- like yeah. abdominal <laughs> training takes so much more work. And like I used to have pecs, but when you stop working out, pecs turn into tits, and it sucks. <laughs> I think so that's anyway. really speaking to like the different the different places that we are, that we're at, like on our own hierarchy of needs. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I think I think that like I. I find myself in such a time of transition and I think like you're in a time of transition too, but it's got like, like for me, it's like a wide open field. And I feel like for you, it's like tapering down into like a beautiful, uh, uh, canyon alleyway of a, yeah, I was going to say alleyway, but I didn't want to give that imagery. It's like a beautiful scenic Canyon. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Like we're all just, we're in it together. So Mm -hmm. I don't really think of it as being ahead in anything like for anybody like it's like we're just living yeah. doing our own thing one step at a time all we know is this moment like, right and I I find myself in my most ooga booga these days you know what I mean like um yeah like I was on I was on a podcast uh, that's coming out very soon it's called intoxicated shout out give it a give it a subscribe and we're having a similar conversation about manifesting your goals into a reality. And I'm like, yeah, I a hundred percent believe in it, but I also believe you got to like work at it. You know, right. I think, I think it has to be both. I think you have to like actually have to visualize like kind of like an idea or a sense of like, what are you striving towards? And, but you still got to work at it. You can't just look in the mirror yeah. and be like, why aren't I happy? I'm picturing it well, right now. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're truly manifesting it, like manifesting comes with action. Yeah. I think otherwise you're just fantasizing. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where like, it's not magic. It's literally like you see something and then you make it, you know, you, but you have yeah, to, you right. got to do more than just see mm-hmm. it. You got to make it and you can't just make right. stuff and like, then what are you doing? You know? Yeah. Right exactly i think that's where the satisfaction Um, part comes in but anyway yeah um cut here for a second i feel like this episode's gonna be crazy long should we just do two sets no keep going all right cool if they're in they're in we're keeping that in by the way you gotta see this through no rear view mirror this uh what okay number sweet 16 what do you value most in a friendship Hmm. Um, the PS five games. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I think, um, what I value most in a friendship is accountability Mm. for me, like on accountability for me. Um, yeah. Like, like I think I, I, I value people who value me enough to make sure that I'm like holding up my end of the bargain. Yeah, sure. What do you yeah, want? I think that's, people? that's, 
Well, and I, I want, I want, I want, I want trust, I guess is what I'm saying. I think like, I, I want, I want to be able to have that level of, um, like intimate exchange with someone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like safety and trust, I guess, on both ends of that exchange. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. How about you? Um, communication and just like be straight up no bullshit like call spade a spade like be real with me you know you don't gotta you don't gotta pretend things are fine you also don't have to avoid um conflict like you don't have to shroud yourself Mm. in secrecy or anything like or, or like if like i don't know have you ever had like a time with someone where like you're like kind of low key mad at them or you think they're mad at you and then you just don't talk about it. No, nope. you just don't. It's never talk. happened. Never Not, happened. Ne- it's never happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like life's, life's too short to hang on yeah. to like that kind of, kind of grief, that kind of negativity. Like I just mm-hmm. do not have the time for it. And I'm just like get it out there because fuck right like, you only live once and if this is a friendship worth having like it's worth it should be worth fighting for and i mm-hmm. think part of that is uh being honest and upfront with each other fair enough uh what is your most treasured memory number 17 my most treasured memory that's interesting um Oh God, I'm now sitting here being like, what are any of my memories? Um, do you have one? Come back to me. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'd feel like a piece of shit if I didn't say like something about Diana. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've got a, like, obviously the proposal is a beautiful one. Like, it was just an amazing moment, an amazing day. And we kept it a secret from people for like a while. And that was really cool. Like we just let it be ours. And that's something, um, something that's really special. Um, I think, yeah, I think for me, this might be recency bias, but I think our drive back to Charlottetown after the Georgetown show of Midnight Baby was particularly that was like, fun. That was just like sheets to the wind, just like two people haven't gone through something that nobody else had gone through. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was really special. And you knew how important the show was to me. Like, and I'm like, just how much that went into it, how much self went into it. And um, yeah, it was just nice to go out and just, I was looking forward to that too. I was like, that's, what was on the other side for me that was my my incentive my my dangling carrot just to be able to go out and have some fun right after because i know it's going to feel so good uh and it felt so good in fact i went on stage at the at the band with the band and i sang el scorcho el scorcho Uh, by weezer unbelievable but specifically i do recall the drive i remember I was just sweaty and we drove with the windows down to get the air in and 
one headlight we listened to the playlist we made for the show yeah we listened we listened to the playlist oh, that yeah. was fun we'll do that again someday absolutely at, at night i like night driving yeah night driving absolutely night driving. night driving from king's county to charlottetown is like it's fun because you know you're heading towards someplace fun yeah then <laughs> you're like yeah we're gonna get lit shout out to the town of three rivers we didn't um, we didn't get a hotel like we planned on we've never followed through on our plans to get a hotel and party so there are some people out there i think like that how i met your mother thing of like we should start a bar for justin and i it's just like we should rent a hotel room and it's like you and i are both 30 year old men we have the ability and the technology to rent a hotel room anytime yeah. we want to and we're just like nah. we're, just, we're just bad at it so what is your most terrible memory my most terrible memory yes um my most terrible memory would be getting my tonsils out when i was five. Oh yeah uh yeah i was at the iwk in halifax and they told me that my parents would be able to come in to the operating room with me and be there to make sure that i knew i was okay uh and uh that didn't happen and uh yeah i i had a panic attack on the on the operating table and they gave me some sort of tranquilizer thing uh in a needle and then uh yeah and just like looking back on that now that was a pretty big failing on the part of the iwk in terms of like not traumatizing a five-year-old kid I mean, was it just a lie that they said, yeah, they'll come in? Nah. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was. Like, I think it was like a miscommunication or something about like what they actually meant when they said that. The doctor was running super late. So like I was supposed to meet with him. I, like, he was supposed to meet me so I would know him. And he was right. in there for like 35 seconds. And like, it was like a whole thing. Anyway, it was just kind of a, a large uh, case of the pooch getting screwed, I guess. Well, that sucks. I think um, yeah. we should qualify terrible in the sense that uh, not like a half a star story where we can look back and be like, hey, this is fun. <laughs> you know, that's not a fun yeah. experience. That's just terrible. For no, terrible yeah. sake. Absolutely. Um, so that being uh, said. How about you? Yeah. Well, the one I was going to say, I think was more of a half a star story. Um, but after hearing that, I'm like, no, that just straight up sucks. The half a star one I would have said was the night I bombed on my first professional set ever. Like I was an open, opening for Christoph Davidson and Aaron, Andrew Barr and I, I got nothing. It was like the worst ever because one, I was paid to be there. It's like a proper club, like a proper weekend and diff, first just different audience altogether. But I was met with like ice silence, like not even a titter. And because it was so like silent, I went under my time, which was only five minutes. And I'm like, I'm not going to vamp. I'm not going to do crowd work because they do not want to talk to me. Right. So I, I went, it's the first time I've gone under a light. Um, but the, the guy running the tech, he wasn't even at the booth to play the music to play me off. And the host wasn't even standing by because it was early. And so I just go, well, all right. There's usually music now. Um, (laughs) 
rock, 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 rock and roll high school. Uh, I just oh, sang. buddy. And then you the went host, full Ramones. Yeah. The host heard me and just came on, but he didn't hear my set. So he goes, all right, give it up for Justin. And uh, no applause. But what made it worse was the girl I liked was there. Um, but uh that's the half a star story the terrible story is um the new year's day i knew her and i were um we're done like we were split up um we broke up over the holidays and that was the day that the that it was like for sure and that uh it ended not on the best terms and uh i was with my our, our friends uh joel and Cassinda for a new year's party and they had a lot of other couples there for new year's and i was the only non-couple and also i was working the suicide crisis line on my phone until 11 p.m <laughs> and uh it was really bad uh and then i, I slept <sighs> on their couch and um yeah, i felt like a bag of butts it was not a good day yeah that's rough man heartbroken and lonely that's how I rang in my 2018. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's rough. Um, if you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you are now living? Why? Yeah, uh, I would probably just do more. Yeah. I think that I'm... I think that I'm a person that's going to, that is very much like, okay, well, all of this will be solved by the time I'm 35. I'll just right. like pick away at it. And so like, I think that I'm, I'm, I'm very good at kicking that can further down the road. Um, yeah. Like, I feel like I'm a little bit in like suspended animation or arrested development or something like that, where I'm a yeah. little bit like, I just am going to stay here where I'm not challenging myself a little bit and and just leave there but if if i knew that it was all going to end in a year uh i'd want to like i i would like to think that i would want to wring every single ounce of experience out of that year absolutely uh i probably do less uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm a pretty busy guy uh i would probably yeah i'd probably just stop for a while and take in experiences i'd probably delete social media i probably should do that anyway but mm -hmm. it's a it's kind of a work thing at this point um no i think i just let myself be present with people more present and more free nice yeah because i'll do stuff in spite of myself if, if the fact that we answered those questions directly oppositely doesn't tell everyone everything they need to know about us, I don't know what will. <laughs> what does friendship mean to you? I think friendship to me is just family that you choose. Yeah. And I think that it's... Um, yeah, I, I think it, it, it means that you're there for each other and you implicitly understand where the other person is coming from by times but like also there is that explicit communication needed as well yeah. that's where i'm coming from with that i think it's anybody who would pick you up from the airport uh <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that we're not friends <laughs> we might not be uh <laughs> but you did uh you did pick me up somewhere 
um i think you drove me from some anyway rustico like there was a trip in rustico where uh, oh yeah 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 i didn't have a way in it was a bit of a nightmare well and i i picked you up last weekend in fact yeah 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 a a friend of mine picked you up but i was in the car yes so (laughs) thanks ben uh but anyway i think uh the real part is um the kind of friend that if um you haven't seen each other in a while and then you see each other again but you get on like as if no time had passed like that's Mm. that's kind of a big thing i don't know what quality that means but yeah that's that's cool uh what roles do love and affection play in your <laughs> life oh no what roles <laughs> benton um hmm. at the moment they are things to aspire to i think they are um benchmarks to which i hope to measure up someday and uh, unfortunately, at this time in my life, that is the most positive spin I can put on it at the moment. Oh, it's yeah. Is it actually a goal? Yeah. Okay. It is absolutely. It's okay if you don't want it either. Like that's no, awesome. no. It's okay. it's it, it, it's a goal. Whether that's from someone else or from myself, that that is a goal for me. Because if you can't love yourself, then how the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get amen? Amen. Thank you, RuPaul. Um, for me, it's you know getting married. I'm trying to be good, good partner in that mm. in that regard, and I like it because uh, I know it really grounds me and it gives me a sense of who I am to having to care for someone other than uh, myself. And I think um, I invest that in my friendships as well. And I'm mindful of when I'm engaging with someone uh, for something other than a selfish uh need selfish want um whether it's personal gratification or professional or whatever like when am i actually just with people and i um i strive to invest more in that capacity Mm -hmm. but also um yeah no just being a good partner i feel just it makes me a better person and i like that nice plays a big role i love kissing (laughs) um Alternate sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner. Share a total of five items. Does that mean about each other? Yep. Okay. So we just got six, five. Yeah. Um, um, I'll start. For sure. Your drive. One. Sweet. Um, your moral compass. Your, um, your creativity. Ah, um, I was about to say your mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's not a quality of me. Kind of is. It's happy. Um, your, yeah, your, I don't want to, like, your creativity, obviously, I'm not going to just kind of fall back on what you said, but uh, no, I'm trying to not be superficial. Um, your distaste for the blase or the phoniness. Mm. 
Um, your clarity of vision in terms of the direction that your life is going. Your, uh, yeah, <laughs> that is pretty cool, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> be digging deep, digging deep, digging deep. Um, that you are a. This is gonna sound weird because it's something in contrast to myself. I think. Um, you're a human first. And I think people really do see that like you're someone when they think of you, they think of like, how's he doing? Like if you're depending mm. on how you're doing, they think of you in that sense and they're not worried about work. They know you'll land on your feet, but you, I don't know. You have a, a fundamental funda fundamentally human quality that I admire. And well, I think that paired with your ethics, make you a good politician. <laughs> this and again. Anyway, um, I'm on three. I, yeah. Uh, number four for me is uh, the love and importance you place on family, whether that's blood or chosen. Cool. Um, Uh, your taste generally like you um fuck yeah let's you find go. <laughs> you find out about things uh sooner than most people um i think you pride yourself on it but i mean it's also it's good it's yeah good. I'm, I'm kind of intolerable that way so i appreciate you talking about it as though it's positive i mean um, it's <laughs> it's good taste like you find stuff and it's just like it's nice yeah. you tend to be a little bit more on the up and up mm. Uh, number five is uh, your sense of humor. Hey, your sense of humor. I hey, you share that. all right, cool. That's a fun way to and end that one. Bonus one, your sensitivity. And I mean, I know I dunk on you sometimes for uh, if, I, if I bum you out with a joke and then instead of apologizing, I just do more. Um, it's um, It's that characteristic that does enhance your human qualities and uh, you're not a jaded cynical ass so that's uh <laughs> not he's not cantankerous enough right um how close and warm is your family do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's yeah that's interesting um because i'm i'm coming off a pretty intense family weekend yeah. Uh, just given the time that we're recording this and I'm not sure if I had, if I had not just gone through this weekend, if this answer would be the same or not. Um, but coming off the weekend that I'm coming off of, uh, I love, I love my family and they are so deeply there for each other and they're so warm and affectionate and loving to each other. Uh, and yeah, like thinking back on my childhood, uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, having political conversations with people four times my age, uh, when I was 10 years old and I would not change that. Explains I, a I, lot. I love, I loved it. I, I, I was, I was happy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was happy. I was pretty dumb, but I was pretty happy. And I think I'm still that way. Um, yeah, no, like um, our family was tight. We still are. Um, I think for all the challenges we've faced, the fact that it was never a question of whether or not we wouldn't be there for each other, like that is, it was always a non-starter. Um, yeah, no, like we're really tight. Uh, I think my childhood definitely was happier than some other people's just uh, uh, I'm realizing how privileged my family actually was like the privilege of like the distance of being away from other people geographically. Um, We weren't rich, but I mean, I think my parents were just smarter with money. Like, I mean, there's a lot of indulgences we didn't, uh, we didn't partake in. Um, So the few things that, I did want I mean I was also the youngest which is probably worse than being an only child Mm. uh the youngest boy of two sisters even worse so yeah right I'm like walking talking entitlement so yeah (laughs) absolutely I'd be a real piece of shit if I said yeah I hit a pretty rough (laughs) how do you feel about your relationship with your mother I love my relationship with my mother um I think uh, she was an incredible mother when I was a child. Um, She was uh, supportive and loving and nurturing and not afraid to be an absolute dork right alongside me the whole time I was growing up. I I think as I've gotten older, we've sort of emerged as like philosophical and debating peers in a lot of ways where we will talk over things and debate them on equal footing. And I think the result of that has been that we frustrate each other to no end. Uh, and I really think that that's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, that's where I'm gonna, that's where I'm gonna leave that. No, it's, a, it's a good thing you two have. And uh, no, Susan's a, Susan's a great woman and I know she listens to the podcast. So yeah. hi, Susan. <laughs> um, yeah, my mom does not listen to the podcast, despite having been a guest. Uh, in the past. <laughs> um, yeah, I think my mom is fucking goofier than a bag of assholes. I think she's just the strangest, silliest person, but I'm also pretty silly. So I think uh, I get a lot of it from her. Uh, I owe probably every ounce of like joy and kind of charisma I have from her. Um, she really endowed in me a love of story from when I was a kid. She used to read to me every night, like not like certain nights, but she read me a book every night mm. and would do the voices, which I think uh, has explained certain details about your boy, Justin. Um, a memory, like my first memory of her was from like a very like toddler like age it was me looking up from inside my like crib thing or whatever I was lying down on. And she would sing, I'm King Henry the eighth I am. And when she would sing the eighth, she would like lunge her head at me because it would make me laugh like crazy. But I just remember this head coming at me and me laughing my head off at King Henry the eighth. And I thought this was a nursery rhyme. This is actually a song like yeah, uh, Herman's Hermits. Yep. Yeah, what the hell? Like, <laughs> it goes Beatles, Rolling Stones, Herman's Hermits, like, apparently. Yep. Yep. And 
didn't know that. So mom and I are still tight. She's the subject of a lot of my stand-up because she inspires me with her endless ridiculousness. Right. And that right. is the end of set two. Set three, here we go. Number 25, 12 questions to go. These are, I've been looking over them as we've been going here. These yeah. start to get a little, uh, like obviously they're building in intensity as we're going here. Hey, I'm ready. So number 25, make three true we statements each. For instance, we are both in this room feeling dot, dot, dot. Right. Okay. Go ahead. Me? Yep. Um, we are both in the business of storytelling. And we both love it. We are both busier than we'd probably like to be. Yeah. Um, we are both uh, mindful and trying our best of, with, the, with the privilege that our, uh, our backgrounds and our positions in life have, have afforded us. We are, <laughs> we are trying our darndest to keep this podcast going right now. Yeah. We are going to be friends in spite of ourselves. Uh, we are going to win Adora by 40. Hey, we are. <laughs> We're going to win Adora by 40. Listeners, it was an inside joke from years ago. Benton <laughs> and I made a pact one night. Well, we were buying a cake for some reason. Uh, I said, we're going to win Adora it, by our time we're 40. It was February 2020. And boy, did the world want to have a say about whether that was going to happen or not. We got nine years. <laughs> um, complete this sentence, Justin. Sure. I wish I had someone with whom I could share blank. Oh. Um, uh I'm in such work brain right now, but like, I wish someone could tell me with certainty if a joke was funny before I do it. Mm. And if someone could like, just give me like another piece of my own brain, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Uh, like just some, like, um, there's a few people that I do run stuff by but I mean, it obviously comes through their own gaze and their own worldview and their own like taste, I guess. And like some stuff works, some stuff doesn't, but just like someone who has such a, uh, like a co-pilot worldview as to mine, just to really help me get out of my own head. That's mm. what I would love. Nice. Um, and that'd probably be helpful for like other things in life too, not just comedy. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish I had someone with whom I could share <laughs> every thought that goes through my head. And I, I, I think I've been that for a while. It, it's probably for the best that I am starting to censor myself. That's uh, yeah. Um, okay. Justin, here's a hypothetical question for you. Number 27. Hit me. If you were going to become a close friend with me, Please share what would be important for me to know. Um, I'm a lot. 
go on. Um, I, um, I'm impatient and, um, I get frustrated when other people don't work as hard as me mm-hmm. and I get frustrated, uh, when people misjudge my character or my intentions. Nice. Um, so I think an awareness of that while I work on my own patience is, uh, is, is important. I would want you to know that I say things I don't mean. <laughs> You're a liar. Okay. No, 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 no. no. And I, I don't mean that I, that I'm a liar. I mean, when I'm in, when I'm, I'm in an elevated state. Yes. I say things about myself and about my situation. And I tend to get fairly dramatic about things. Yeah. And I don't, and I, I want, I would want you to know that I know that I like, I don't mean those things. And I know that I'm being silly. Fair enough. It's just a sounding board mechanism. I think. Of being a little bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got it. Just, um, yeah. I got you. So we should, we now want, uh, th- this thing wants us to tell each other what you like about each other. Be very honest this time, saying things that you might not say to someone you've just met. Like things? Like what? Uh, just It just says, tell each other what you like about, like, why you're here today, 10 years later. I mean, like, I said it, you're fundamentally human, like you have a a sensitivity about you that I think is, it eludes a lot of males. And I think there's an honesty with how you feel like you're pretty, pretty clear about how you feel and you feel something like, uh, like if you, if you don't say it, like we can kind of sense it. And I think it's okay. Cause you don't hide it really. Like, which is good. Um, but really you're, your ethics, your code of like self governing conduct is like remarkable. Like if you found out that like, I don't know, uh, honey nut Cheerios is like run by like a racist, you would never eat them again. Like just stuff like that. Whereas I'm like, yeah, but come on. Uh, like, uh, I don't know, just, uh, yeah, your governance of self in terms of like where your mind goes of like what's right and wrong. I remember you claimed like, what did I pay you for the wrestling play? It wasn't like a huge sum. It was an honorarium, but it was like decent, but like you claimed it in your taxes. I'm like, Ben, like you can, they're not going to care. Like, if anyone's listening, that is true. I did do that. Yeah, like, <laughs> And yeah. as everyone should. Yeah. Just, just FYI. Um, I think, Justin, what I like about you is that clarity of purpose and the clarity of direction that you have for yourself does not stop with you. You have a belief in your heart and in your mind about what is best for those around you. And that best is just them being happy. 
And I think that you, it gets, it gets mixed in with that impatience and with that drive that we've talked about already. Yes. And what comes out is just this intense support and this intense unwavering force that inspires and really gives me in particular like no other choice yeah fuck you you gotta do it you know what i mean <laughs> I won't, I won't yeah. let you fail yeah um you son of a bitch i didn't invest this much in you to like <laughs> watch you be a fucking well and, and like you you said you said to me the other day right when i was like waffling around about some whatever issue i was having and you were just like here's the thing i don't care I like that's I- how much i care like i don't care that's how and, uh, I feel. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's good. Thank you. Um, share an embarrassing moment with me. Oh, like when, haven't I? Like, uh, <laughs> I feel like our Elspeth interview was probably like, I don't know. I don't, do I embarrass easily? Like, I... I don't know, do you? I can't answer that. I don't... Here, I'll, I'll get the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah. You and I were hanging out with a mutual friend of ours who shall remain nameless uh, a while ago. Yeah. The year will remain nameless because that will just make it easier to tell who this is. Okay. Uh, you and I were uh, living together at the time, which okay. narrows it down, but not by much. Okay. Um, and this person was being fairly annoying. Yeah. And I texted you this person is being so annoying right now. Yeah. But I didn't text you. I texted that person. That was awful. (laughs) (laughs) What? I will tell you off microphone who that was, but I'm not going to Oh my God. Yeah, that's, yeah, that'd do it. (laughs) It's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Like even bombing, like I learned from it. So I'm like in yeah. the moment, like uh, like I talked about that that comedy work set I did that just was embarrassing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really embarrassing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think when I don't do my best at stuff, like I'm just like that's embarrassing. Like I can be better than that. Well, and I think um, your 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 entire vibe is in avoiding embarrassment as much as possible professionally, I think. I guess. Like I just or I just embrace it. Like I like I'm yeah. not like it, it's, it's, it's it's a weird mix of embracing it and not letting it happen at all. I like I just make sure it doesn't happen. And if it does, yeah, I try to claim embarrassment. Like I try to embrace it yeah. as best I can. And like that's kind of I like one of the wheels behind half a star itself is like take like claiming your story like the thing that you're that is embarrassing or cringy or like not cool but like you make it cool you make you own it because it's a part of you and it's like I wasn't gonna let like some stupid story about um uh, listen back to the Elspeth Wright episode if you want to hear um I wasn't gonna let that like control my life own it like yeah yeah um when was the last time you cried in front of another person uh 
probably when we were trying to figure out stuff about Phoebe and her surgery. I think we both like took turns, like kind of processing what we were going through and how it was going to work. Um, when was the when was the last time you cried by yourself? Uh, I really don't remember. Yeah. Um, easy for me. Uh, I last cried in front of uh, other people yesterday right. at my grandfather's memorial. Uh, I could not tell you the last time I cried by myself, and that is something I'm trying to fix. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, cried by myself. Um, I remember one thing. I was writing... Um, a birthday wish for Diana uh and I was um, I I take care to like the things I share on social media like writing wise because mm -hmm. like that's an extension of myself and I I value that um and if I'm giving her my words I want it to be mindful and like from the heart and I wrote this little thing on my phone that uh I was kind of just drafting and um it just, I don't know, it just kind of hit me. I was just like, wow, this is like a really special person in my life. And she, uh, I was away from her at the time too, which mm -hmm. was really upsetting for me. Like, she was like, no, it's work, you go. And I'm like, ah, the fact that you're so like cool about it makes it worse. Yeah, right. So I guess that might've been it. Um, I don't want to do number 31 because we've covered it already. I think that this is mostly meant for like a first date type scenario. It's basically just saying, tell the, tell your partner something that you like about them already. I think we've and done we've, that. We've covered that. Yeah. I think I like uh, your, I like your haircut. Thanks. Uh, I like that you shaved. Hey, <laughs> I like that too. Um, what if anything is too serious to be joked about? Oh dear. Um, I don't know, like, I'm of the mind of like, you can joke about anything, but the rule is it has to be funny. And like, you wanna tell a rape joke, go right ahead. It has to be funny. If it's mm -hmm. not funny, then you're fucked. You just made light of rape. And well, and it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be funny in a way that isn't contingent about the fact that you think the subject itself is funny. Yeah, it's just like, it's gotta be like, it's yeah, just, it's gotta be able to elicit a laugh. And I mean, like, if you can't do it, like master jokes first before you try rape jokes, you know, yeah. like uh, I use that as an example, just cause I think that's one that um gets blundered the most by, um, mm -hmm. by a lot of comics who claim themselves being edgy or interesting or bold. I don't know, like, what was the question? What, what's the specific wording of the question? What, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? Uh, plain white paper. Because, fuck, it's just boring. You right. can, like, anything is, like, my rule is, like, it's fair game. Um, but it's got to be funny. And it's got to be truthful. If it's not, then, you, yeah. then you're just an asshole. Like you're just a bully. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I, I would just say that I think anything that is not your life experience and is life or death for people with that life experience. 
Um, yeah. just, just, just because I think that the degree of difficulty of pulling that off is so high yeah. that it's probably just best advised to not try. Like Norm McDonald, like speaking of, he's someone yeah. that like has lots of things he's not lived about and he's lived through and he, he jokes about it, but he's like made a career out of like finding the humor in things that are like, oh my God, how did you make that funny? Like yeah. just like this weird turn of phrase that's, it's gotta be original. And I think the originality behind it, um, it needs to heal more than hurt. So right. that being said, if you think you've got a, a winning super duper rape joke that is funnier than it is harmful to all of these people that have experienced this horrible experience, if you think you've got it, then good luck is all I say. It, right. better, it better be the funniest yeah. thing in the world if you're getting like for as much damage it could impact on people it needs to be twice as funny mm -hmm. so i'm like i'm not saying it can't be done i'm just saying it's next to impossible right um, um okay final four questions we're on the last page get it justin if you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone what would you most regret not having told someone and why haven't you told them yet? I don't know. Like, um, I've got a funny relationship with Fort McMurray. Like, just yep. like, I feel kind of bad at times. Like I just came in and I was like, I built as much as I did and then I left and I took a gem with me uh i think i put that a lot on myself though and i think they've moved on pretty nicely in there i'm sure there are people that would be better off as if i'd never come but um yeah no it's uh i don't know what it would be like if i went back um so that's kind of a, a lingering like i don't know mm. um I don't know. I'm in no hurry to either. So, yeah, I, um, I think there are a lot of amends I could make with a lot of people. Um, yeah. because I, I tend to, when things go South, I tend to just completely withdraw and, uh, not engage. And I, I feel like that, that lacks a certain level of closure on things. Yeah. Um, and I think I haven't told them anything about it because I don't like confrontation. And uh, that's, again, something I'm trying to work on. But, uh, yeah. I'm also just, I'm, if I did die today, I'd be fine with that. Right. Like, I'm eerily content. Like, not, like, complacent, mm -hmm. but I'm just, like, I know I, who I am. I know what I'm doing kind of thing. Like, I'm... I'm glad the people that are in my life are in my life right now. So yeah. I, and I understand that is a privilege. So I don't take it lightly. Your house containing everything you own catches fire. <sighs> After saving your loved ones and your pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be? And why? Um, I don't know around my office uh i don't know i'm not a very material person 
Uh, I'm assuming my phone was in my pocket. I think that's a safe rule to, to put on. Yeah. Um, maybe my computer, just because, like, I'll probably need that to, like, uh, address the fire that just happened. Like, that would be a helpful tool to have. Right. Um, Very practical. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not like, a, oh, I need my Bible. Like, <laughs> not a super, like, materialistic person. Like, um, I also feel like if I ran in, I had to save one thing. I'm going down with the building because I'm like, what the fuck do I Yeah, do? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, even the couch. It's a nice couch. Got a lot of good memories on that couch. If I can lift a couch, I'll take the couch. Cool. I, hmm. I mean, the shitty answer is my PS5 because I just bought it. And like, yeah. have you tried to get a hold of one of those things? Yeah, no, get um, it. But uh, if I need to be sentimental about something, uh, I mean, there's some photos that I have that I'd like to keep that I don't oh, think yeah. are on social media or anything like that. Um, that's a tough question though. Cause again, like I am very materialistic, but I also am materialistic in the sense that I'm aware that things are impermanent and I can just replace them. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. That's a tough too. question though. Maybe, um, my, maybe my passport, it doesn't. Yeah. Passport. Like yeah. Five years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My social insurance card. Um, <clears throat> of all the people in your family, Whose death would you find the most disturbing? Nicole. Why? She's kind of looked at as like, she's the middle child. She's, you want to talk clarity of purpose. She knew what she mm -hmm. wanted. She went out and got it. She wanted to be a wife and a mom and start a family and have a job. And she pulled herself up and, and she did it. And she had a long road of like uh, building herself up building her knowledge up but she's also just really kind but like incredibly resourceful and Miranda and I look at her and we're just like okay like Jesus like you're killing it over there like she's not rich she's not full of herself she's just one of the most like grounded and humble people that lives drama free and is like has a beautiful family um like miranda and i've lived fucking wild life <laughs> by comparison like um she's uh she's one of the few good people i know i think it would be my mom um she's my 2am phone call yeah and if that was taken away from me i don't know what i'd do I will say Miranda, my other sister, it's not, it, this isn't about favorites. It's just about like what would disturb me the most just yeah. in terms of like, Jesus fuck, like Miranda and I, like we talk about like Nicole, like just like, mm -hmm. like what that would mean. Just cause I know it would fuck us both up really big. Yeah. Um, all right, here we are. So number 36, one more. All right. Share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. 
also ask your partner to reflect back to you how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. So I got to pick a problem in my life and ask how you'd how I would solve it. And then I'm going to tell you how you seem to be feeling about it. Okay. Do you want to go first? I. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, you mentioned earlier, you don't want to feel behind. Like you don't want to feel like you're a rookie. Yeah. I have been coming across that in almost every facet of my life lately. I feel like I've missed the phase of my life where I'm supposed to have gained experience. And now I'm in the phase of my life where I'm supposed to apply that experience. Mm -hmm. And it feels like I have no experience to apply. Yeah. I think um, hearing that, like, I think if you were around people that are not as actually experienced as you like uh artistically or professionally i think it would soon reveal itself just how much of your shit you actually do have together and i'm not saying take a step backwards but i do think it wouldn't take very long for you to kind of gain some perspective by taking a step back and like not not to measure yourself against other people like people with less or more experience than you. Like, uh, I think if you were with people with less experience, you'd have a sense of like, oh shit, I do have this, you know? Like um, for, to compare it to myself, like I was frustrated that um, moving to Hamilton, I had to start from the bottom again. And I'm like, I can't, like, I've been doing this for like, at the time it was like six or seven years. And I'm like, I can't believe I've got to like, build my way back up but I did start at the bottom again but I wasn't starting over I had all this experience and like this knowledge and acumen so when I did get to go on stage and work not to say I cut the line but they were like oh the truth reveals itself Mm -hmm, You mm -hmm. you get put where you need to be like if you're as good as you say you are like step into it and own it and then the world will take eventually take notice right and i feel like i've leveled up like a stupid amount in the past year just being Mm -hmm. here so i think if you can uh step into your experience a little bit more then um you if you see yourself as experienced and skilled and believe it i think others will too cool thanks and what was the other half of the question, I guess? You, you, you are supposed to reflect back to me how you think that I'm feeling about it. Insecure and like um, worried about your pile compared to other people. Fuck other people's piles. They have their amount because that's where they're at. So you have what you need right now. Mm. You do. And I'm, that's yeah. not a compliment. It's, it's just what you have. Right. So work with what you got. And no need to be insecure about that. That's just who Excellent. you are. All right. Cool. Uh, Your turn. I don't know. Uh, I uh, I think I really just, I generally just worry about not being able to bring home the bacon. Like uh, I want to be able to be like my own uh, self-reliant, like independent, like worker. Like I want to be able to like provide for my family. And it's, 
um, it's tough because like, like I have so much respect for Diana and her work and everything she does. And I want to be able to, to match that. I don't want to like, it's not about who's doing better or anything, but I really just don't want to let her down. And I know in my heart that she wouldn't pick someone to be with who's going to let her down. So not to answer my own thing, but I just, uh, yeah, I think yeah. like, well, first, first of all, uh, I think very similarly, I think this is coming from a place of insecurity for you. And I, I think that you're, again, like there is a comparison thing happening there. Yeah, like, I, I think, yeah. I think that you're, you're, you're seeing both a comparison between you and Diana, but also you and other partners yeah. out in the world. Right. And just cause and, I know that she could be with someone who's like, runs like a, a their own business or whatever yeah, and i don't right. want any of her friends to see us and just say there's diana and her deadbeat comedy boyfriend so so here so here's the thing right and i think that like i had a psychologist one time that told me something very similar when i was going through similar feelings and it's like she chose you and her friends can be telling her that yeah. and at the end of the day it's still her decision yeah right it doesn't like like legitimately it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks it matters what she thinks and it matters what you think and i think that it just comes down to the fact that like yeah she chose you and i think that you can feel secure in that and she's chosen you at every possible opportunity that she's had yeah if the pandemic didn't do it then uh well yeah thank you exactly yeah it's just like I think just given our the different nature of like our work and our, our fields, uh, I just like there's just a lot of landmines in my mm-hmm. like ahead of me, and it's just like well if I'm gonna do this I gotta be the best at it, plain right. and simple. Like well, I, and I, and and I also I think from an outside perspective too I think it's I always find it really funny when you express these feelings to me because like I look at you, and I'm like I don't understand how anybody could possibly outwork you. Well, I, you, you I, know, you need know, to, I need to outwork me. That's right. And I, I just, I'm just yeah. saying like, I think like, it, again, it's like, it's the same thing as my thing that I brought up. It's like from an outside perspective, it's so clear. Yeah. That like you, you, yeah. Like to steal your thing, like you have everything you need. Yeah. I just, I would like, it's, I, I always worry. I always worry it's going to disappear yeah and hey, i don't i don't know like, why like honestly don't we all i i hope i because yeah. that's yeah i i worry it would disappear suddenly whatever right. gets me to do the work today that it won't be there tomorrow and that's what makes me work harder and faster and that's uh unfucking healthy and on that note, dear listeners, I would like to remind everyone that this is ostensibly a comedy podcast and we will eventually get back there one of these weeks. But for now, Justin and I have learned a little bit more about each other. I didn't think it was possible, but here we are. Yeah, I just figure if listeners, if you're listening this far, this episode's for the listeners. <laughs> like, yeah. they all are technically, but like, who are we kidding? Like, if you're here, you're here. And yeah. we love you. And I hope you learned a little bit more about us. Like Ben and I have known each other for years. Ben, would you say, name one thing you didn't know about me before um, 
yeah, all of this. Um, I mean, just the fact that you said Nicole so quickly on that question, I really took me aback. Yeah. Um, just like your, your family, I, I have a much clearer idea of your family dynamic now. Yeah. It's like, I'm the spoiled kid, like at the end, but she's the one who like, really like, yeah, she shines, man. Same uh, question. Uh, I think the value truly of family just in general, like I am a very family focused person myself and I mean, like, I, I, I don't think of your family as a family. I think of it as like a business. Like, it's like a, like a, <laughs> like a, like a nonprofit that, uh, right. works yeah, yeah, together, yeah. that just yeah. happens to live together. But really just remembering, and I think a big part of it too, is just knowing um, the memorial you were, you were going through. So I think that, uh, that brought mm. that to the surface a little bit more than, uh, than I think I'd ever experienced. And so, yeah, um, yeah. see so more I, um... family context. I would highly encourage anybody out there who's, uh, you know, maybe in love with somebody or wanting to be to uh, give these questions a try. I think it's pretty cool. Um, and if you want to be in love, call Ben. He's aching. Oh, like, yeah, he's bursting. That's uh, not what I meant. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, give me a call. No. <laughs> All right. But this in the meantime, been... yes, this has been another thrilling episode of Half a Star. Uh, on behalf of Justin Shaw, I am, of course, Benton Hartley. Um, be kind to each other. Get outside, go to the park, get your vaccine, get both of your vaccines, uh, get your vaccine passports, like calm down about it. And Black Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter, every child matters. Don't protest at a hospital. We're going to get through this together and it has to be together. So get over yourselves. We'll see you next week. Love you. Bye. <laughs>